This is Indian Noir, India's number one horror, crime and dark fantasy storytelling podcast. Dev Asur, Season 1, Episode 2 Rhea urged her phalanx of shield maidens to hold firm as the Dhanava cavalry charged at them at full speed. She could see the lengthy line of shields to her left and to her right, forming an impenetrable wall to fend off the first attempt by their enemies to shatter their will. She also shouted words of encouragement to her archers to focus their attention on the imminent task. Nagas, half reptilian, half human creatures, riding mutant horses covered in boils and pustules and cancerous tumors, hissed and snarled as they waved their weapons in the air. They wore cream tunics underneath copper-colored scale mail. Their adornments added to the sense of dread they evoked in the hearts of their enemies as thunderous hoofs of their steeds tore apart the silence of the night. Their murderously fast approach was akin to the quick serpentine movement of a deadly snake. Shreya commanded her archers to rain death on the Naga riders when they were in range of their bows. Arrows found homes in the heads and torsos of hundreds of nagas and their steeds and they both crumpled to the floor painfully they were then run over by fellow riders sometimes the downed nagas brought down their comrades who rode right behind them the sight of the felled enemies pleased shreya again shreya shouted Moonlight limned the muscular arms of the Apsara archers as they drew their bows and unleashed more death into the center of the battlefield. The Naga cavalry, which survived the opening volleys of arrow attacks, smashed into the phalanx of Apsara shields with mixed results. Some found themselves at the thrusting end of spears. Some steeds broke their legs against the wall of metal and wood and the neighing animals threw the riders onto the ground where they were brutalized with a frenzied assault of blades and spear tips. Some naga riders broke through the deadly barrier 
They trampled Apsara shield maidens and sword bearers and hacked their heads clean from their shoulders as they waded deeper into the forward ranks of the Deva army. Attack! A select group of Nagas had the rare ability to spray poison from their salivary glands. They hissed as they sprayed toxic venom into the eyes of their Apsara and Yaksha attackers. Some Deva soldiers were lucky to escape the deadly spray as their battle helms buffered them against it. Others were blinded instantly as the acidic fluid burned into their eyes. The last thing they saw before being blinded was the sneering forms of Nagas, their reptilian snouts, scaly skin, toxic fangs and their yellow eyes with slitted pupils which moved madly about in their sockets with kill lust. The Nagas who had successfully pulled off these blinding attacks chopped at the heads of their screaming enemies with glee. The Dhanava cavalry was feeling invincible when the giant maces of Yaksha soldiers smashed into them and threw them off their steeds into the deadly arms of Apsara sword bearers and shield maidens. The riders barely had time to scream out in pain as the Yaksha battle axes chopped through their torsos, cleaving the top and bottom halves of their body cleanly. The severed part slid off to the ground with a squelchy thud. Some of the reptilian soldiers found their heads in the powerful grasp of Yaksha captains like Belvir, and before the Nagas could plan a defensive response, they found their heads squished by the iron hands of the Deva brutes. Shreya watched Belvir finish three Naga riders in this fashion without breaking a sweat. When he finally made eye contact with her, she raised a fist to express her admiration. He raised a fist back at her, acknowledging her brilliant captaincy, which had not only seen Naga riders failing to wreak catastrophic damage on their shield wall, but also preserved the lives of most of the soldiers in their company. Shreya was directing Deva attendants who were carrying away the few injured soldiers to the battle camp for further treatment when she heard the thunderous pounding of more Naga riders heading their way. Like a conductor commanding a brilliant orchestra, Shreya directed her archers, shield maidens and sword bearers to work in concert to skewer and butcher the reptilian monstrosities. Gandharva commanders bearing glowing magical staffs were flying overhead, observing the battle movements. Tejas hovered over Shreya with a smile. Great job, Captain. Their cavalry has been decimated by our battle lines. We have won back the few spots they made inroads into. Do you think we are ready for the final press? Tejas said. 
Shreya quickly surveyed the state of her soldiers and nodded her assent. We are ready, Major. Let me guide you forward, Tejas said, as he soared up in the air and pointed his fiery staff towards their enemies. The Apsara and Yaksha squads marched ahead in ordered lines, often stepping over the broken bodies of their enemy's cavalry units that had died testing their metal. Behind them, groups of Deva soldiers pushed the ballistas forward, hoping to reach the optimum firing distance to launch an attack on the vile orb. The Deva front line, having reformed and gained confidence from thwarting their enemy's first wave of attacks, marched in lockstep towards the Dhanava army. Their rivals were lined up in ferocious ranks, ready to defend the portal engine. The Gantharva commanders guided their companies forward from their aerial positions with shouts of encouragement. The angelic beings batted away the occasional volley of arrows, directed at their hovering forms by the enemy, with ease. Shreya and the other captains surged forwards to meet the defensive challenges that lay ahead of them. The sight of her Apsara soldiers being blinded and butchered by the Naga cavalry was burned into her eyes. Her soul ached for the losses she suffered, however minor they were in the big scheme of things. But she was glad that the Tramurthis had protected most of her wards. Unlike her commander, Shreya had not lost faith in the Trinity's power. She did not consider their eternal dreaming to protect mankind as a barrier to her prayers. Her belief in the manifest powers of the Creator, the Destroyer and the Protector was still strong. She believed that they had watched over her and blessed her throughout her fruitful career. They had kept her alive for a greater purpose, and if that purpose was fulfilled in this fierce battle, if she expired on this craggy battlefield, she would consider herself redeemed in their eyes. It was the same faith that hardened her soul against the insults lobbed at her by the fellow Gantharva and Yaksha cadets when she took part in the military academy's specialist officer course. <laughs> Despite excelling in the physical tests and the exams, she was not considered commander material post her final interview. This was a discriminatory decision she chalked up to the Gantharva command lobby's attempts to sideline Apsaras, women who dared to aspire to leadership roles far above their usual stations as foot soldiers or captains. That bitter experience had left her ego bruised, but it did not shatter the conviction with which she approached her duty towards Indraloka, and indeed her responsibility towards the squads she led on behalf of Major Tejas. However, it left an indelible mark on her. 
despite Tejas's encouragement every year to re-enroll in the program, and his offer to provide her a letter of recommendation. She had refused to do so. She would make her mark as a captain, and her exploits would become her calling card. That would lead to her rise to the position of a commander one day. A selection process left to the mercy of snooty partial nepotists was not capable of measuring her true capabilities. Each step she took towards the Danava army, sworn to protect the portal engine, was driven by this determination. Step by step, strike by strike, battle by battle, she would build a shining monument to her legacy as a warrior. The entire Deva vanguard was merely meters away from the forward ranks of their enemies. The half-animal, half-human forms of their opponents did not budge from their position. They had crossed nearly three-fourths of the middle ground between the two armies without resistance. Something is not right, Shreya thought. She looked up at her commander Tejas, suspended above her on his mighty wings. There was a concerned look on his face as he scanned the forward positions of the Deva Legion. A series of shouts and screams cascaded along the front line as the earth opened up underneath their feet. Deva's soldiers fell into trenches where hundreds of Daithias bearing scythes, sickles and machetes awaited their prey eagerly. Greetings. An amalgamation of insectile and human features, the slim form of the Daithias were covered in a patchwork of rubbery skin and chitinous shells. An extensive set of external sense organs, including enormous compound eyes and smell and vibration receptors on their forehead, made them excellent hunters. Their slender build often filled their foe with a sense of overconfidence. But what they lacked in brute strength... They made up in ferocity and speed, and a single-minded devotion to performing their duty with little regard for their survival. Their irregularly spaced but hard carapace demanded precise attacks, but thanks to their flexible body, this was easier said than done. They were capable of erratic movement patterns that could throw off even the most seasoned of warriors, no matter their choice of weapons. The Daithias were swathed in tattered brown robes that advertised their frugal monk-like existence, which was devoted to attaining martial superiority over their enemies. They were one of the deadliest units in the Danava army, serving up devious battle strategies to rout their opponents. Kill them! 
the Apsiris and Yakshas, who fell into the ditches, were butchered mercilessly, as a chorus of horrifying howls and triumphant chirping sounds filled the open tunnels. Scimitars and cookeries rose and fell on shrieking Apsara soldiers from many angles. The Dathias severed wings from the backs of Yakshas who tried to leap out of the pits. The Deva hulks were tied down with iron chains thanks to the concerted efforts of scores of insectoid warriors. You shouldn't be here. Then the vile creatures climbed upon their prisoners' chests and plunged crude steel poles into the forced open mouths of the giant warriors. <coughs> Gantharva commanders, including Tejas, swept in and carried those they could to safety. Yet the massacre continued as Dathias overwhelmed the shocked Deva troops in their subterranean web of pain. In a matter of minutes, Ikor and Gore, massed in pools where once lithe and strong soldiers had landed on their backs. Shreya was lucky not to fall into the fourteen feet deep pit. But she was separated from the rest of her party, who were on the other side of the chasm. In fact, this scenario was playing out all over the Deva front line. No, she screamed as she gazed upon the sight of the bulk of her squads, falling prey to the brutality of the Dathias. <laughs> she tried to help by offering her hand to soldiers who were trying to scramble up the walls of the trench. But they were dragged back down and hacked to pieces. You lose. <laughs> Shreya ordered the Apsara archers and shield maidens who were still above ground to target the insectile brutes. The Devas trapped in the trenches cheered the help and redoubled their fight back. Dathias fell in their hundreds as arrows and spearheads plunged into their heads and torsos. Milky green fluid erupted from wounds and a nausea-inducing smell permeated the air as their death count rose. Just as the Devas were getting an upper hand on the situation, Shreya heard orders being shouted at the Danava front line. Attack! The Danava vanguard that stood immobile all this while had decided to surge ahead to land a devastating blow on their vulnerable enemy. Shreya turned round to face the Danavas, knowing she was alone and isolated from the rest of her above-ground squad, which was on the other side of the trench. Charge! And the open pit behind her contained the butchered forms of her squad mates, those who had served under her for years. The bestial forms of the enemy moved forward like a storm front, ready to unleash untold damage on their arch enemy. 
Shreya gripped the handle of her blade tightly before letting out a lonely but powerful battle cry. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply.